Ciao, guys. What's going on? It's a nice Friday afternoon in Canada right now, around Toronto. I'm Luca Laporta, host of the Milan Guys podcast. Uh, Mike is absent again. The guy's the busiest guy I know. He's literally at work and at school seven days a week, so he can't join us today. However, I'm joined by two very special guests. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves. Anthony, you can go first, and Feather, you can you can go after. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a pleasure to be on on the podcast here and uh, to to speak with with fellow Milanisti. Uh, I'm Anthony Lapopolo, a sports caddy on Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, I've been been following this team for for most of my life and through the ups and downs, and unfortunately, recently more downs. But um, yeah. but yeah, pleasure to be on here. Yeah, awesome. Yes, glad. Um, it's an honor to have you on here, especially because you're working for the Score. And for people who don't know the Score, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge new sports news outlet in, Can- especially in Canada and in the states too. A lot of people in the states read it too. So it's definitely an honor to have you on. Thanks, man. Um, ciao a tutti. I'm Federico. I'm, I mean, I'm involved in Twitter with, um, I mean, Milan Twitter, so to speak. So. Uh, some of the people tuning in might know who I am, but um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm a huge Milan fan, born and raised in Milan, so I've supported Milan for my whole life, and yeah, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, as always, so thanks for having me, I'm happy to talk about uh, the Rossoneri for once. Of course, for sure, and uh, I, I guess if you can pick out what the, these guys are most popular for. So Anthony's definitely most popular for is three things after every Milan game. <laughs> Probably for sure. That's that's what we're all waiting for. And then Fede's, Fede's like his drawings are off the charts. Like I, I just, I can't even, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I, I don't know. Honestly, if you would have probably explained it to me, I probably wouldn't even understand what you're saying anyways, because I don't know the whole, you know. Thank you, man. They're amazing. Anthony, have you seen any of Feta's pictures? You probably I'm just have. looking at them now, and I really like them. <laughs> you probably, you know why? A lot of people you see on Twitter, they use his things as, uh, like his, on the Google Hangout here, his his profile picture is the Suzo. That's him. Yeah, which you is amazing that. too. <laughs> oh my God, it's, it's That's awesome. That's an old one. It's an old one, though. It's an old one. Yeah, still, I, it's still on my phone. I love it. So I, I, I love Suzo. I love the picture, so it's good. All right, Local, guys. Let's to my Instagram for anyone who wants to see more drawings. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, my Twitter. We'll, we'll we'll plug it in after. Don't worry. Don't worry. Anyway, anyway, let's get started. Um, lots to talk about. Uh, finally, uh, after what a a month, I think, is City A. I think about around a month in City A, the Rossoneri finally got their first three points uh, at the Bentegoli Stadium uh, against Kiev, a Kiev side that. Let me remind you that they're not like I know it's Kiev of Verona. People hear that it's a boring, it's a boring team. You know they're not dangerous, but however they've been pretty good this year. Before the match, they were ahead of us in the table. So it's and I saw people tweeting saying it's like a it's a more of a statement win, and I think it could be if they win because the only teams to score uh, four goals against Kiev this year were us and Juve. Everybody else and they, they played Napoli. I'm pretty sure too, or they play Roma. I don't know. They played a few other top teams and they didn't score four on them. So. It kind of shows that our offense can actually create and can actually score goals because that was a big problem um, against Genoa, against Sampdoria, uh, against Roma. So hopefully we can see some consistency with this now. Anthony, what's your what's your your few thoughts? I I did read your your three thoughts in the game, but what do you can you elaborate on that? What what do you think uh, of Milan's four one win uh, at Kiev on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, as I said in the first the first part of my notes, there was it was nice to write something positive, you know, for the first time in like a month, um, just because I mean, there's so much potential with this team, and it's it's really frustrating when it you know it's it's been four months now into this project, and it's frustrating that it hasn't come together. I know it takes time, but um, you can you can see the potential, and it and just. A combination of, of errors on the pitch by players and also, you know, um, some of uh, Montella's selections have, and, and tactics have been, uh, you know, really frustrating as well. And it's kind of limited uh, the impact of, of some of these players. But in this in this match against Cable, I thought uh, they were excellent. This is the, the type of football that I think Montella wants to see. Uh, and it's also uh, the type of football that I think we expected coming into this season. I mean, they were playing at a high tempo. 
the pressing game was there. Cable was really uncomfortable uh, in possession just because of uh, how high Milan pressed. Um, I thought Ricardo Rodriguez uh, was fine in a, in a left center back role, even though uh, he played there for you know a little while with Wolfsburg in his last season there. But uh, we all we all assume and we all you know should should think of him as a, a left back. But he he did a, a very good job in that in that makeshift role. Um, and I think we saw for the first time, I know Montella said that, you know, he's used this formation before, but I think this was the first time we really saw the three, four, two, one formation in its true form. And the beauty of this formation is that it can shift into a back four, especially when you have, um, you know, a guy like Calabria or, or a more, a right back by trade, who's able to just drop back and form that, that back four, uh, when out of possession. And I think that really um created a balance in this side that we haven't seen before and uh, there was an under there seemed to be an un- understanding between Belia and Kessie uh Belia would stay back every time Kessie went forward and um Chalanoglu found space in the middle Suso was able to go out to, to his favorite spot on the right uh and Kalinic was isolated uh, for the most part but uh you know he did his job he scored his goal and and that's what you expect from a striker of uh, of his caliber and so uh, I thought everything came together nicely, and that's that's all we really want to see. Mm-hmm, for sure. Feather, were you able to catch the match? Uh, yes, uh, of course. Whenever I, unless I have a, a wedding or uh, or anything of the kind, I'm always trying to see the the boys. And so, on one side, I agree. I agree completely with Anthony. Um, this is, I mean, this is the Milan we wanted to see for 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 the past month. Uh, they were definitely, definitely showing a better kind of football uh, as opposed to the just ball possession in our own half that we've seen for the past month. So definitely I have seen some improvements. That said, um, we have to consider a few aspects of the win, which I think uh, should make us <clears throat> calm down a bit and be a little bit, little bit less uh, optimistic. In the sense that, um, as always, we were sort of saved in a way by an individual who is Suzo. I feel like a lot of our creativity up front came from him, which is not necessarily an issue because it means that we have a really good player on our squad. But it also means that on any day in which he does not individually perform, we have a problem up front. So the first goal, obviously, was all his the second was an own goal, came out of a shot of his. Kalinic's goal, he assisted it with a really, really good pass. I feel like our offensive players need to um, participate more. I'm expecting more from the likes of Chalanoglu. I'm expecting to see Silva on the pitch because as opposed to Kalinic, he can uh, play with the team a bit more. He can combine with his teammates. So I'm really expecting more participation up front if we're going to win important games. Um, and while I'm happy to see Suzo flourish, I also wouldn't want him to be our only sort of leader up there. So mm-hmm. that's something we need to be cautious about, I think. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with both what you guys are saying. And I, I you know, essentially I saw the same thing. Um, and it's tough because, you know, I watch every match and, you know, I get very mad, um, you know, during certain spells. Especially I get mad because I watch a lot of sports. I watch, I watch hockey. I watch, and the the thing is when you get so and it's this this can be to any sport you when you get chances to score to put put up points to whatever and you don't capitalize that will come back to haunt you and i think that has been milan's problem um let's just put a few examples out like the uh i got the sandoria game that was just a really like we i don't think we got a shot on target we didn't get a shot on shot on target that was bad um and obviously we lost we, that that should have been that Milan Sampdoria had a 0-0 game that was 0-0 we should have got a point from that game however Christian Zapata decided to assist his brother Duven Zapata I don't know it's not his brother but decided to assist him for I don't know why but and <laughs> uh and that that lost like a point there and if we would have got a 0-0 draw Sampdoria uh, but and then the second goal was in the ninety second minute, and Zapata slipped again. So two individual errors lead to a loss. And then you go to the Roma game, 
Um, Milan had, and I remember I made some gifts and I tweeted them. We had like in the second half, especially first half, kind of the both teams were just feeling each other out. The second half, we had three or four quality scoring chances. We didn't capitalize on it. Jekko comes down, really nice goal. I got deflected, but still, it was a nice. He held the ball up. He, he was able. Our defense didn't. It was an individual error again because our defense. We we, we let him turn. You know, you don't let him turn. He turned and he scored a nice goal. I mean, whatever. But and then. Uh, a few minutes later, Nangolan gets space, takes a shot. Donnarumma parries it right to Florenzi's foot. Um, and the game's over just like that. And people who don't watch the game, they look at it and say, oh, wow, Milan lost 2-0 to Roma. They must have got killed. When it was really the opposite. Well, you're basically, you're basically hinting at the fact that we've been quite unlucky in terms of individual mistakes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I, think I, I, th- I saw a stat recently that um, Milan, has, Milan has had the most individual yeah. errors that led to goals in yeah. Europe. We Europe. Do. We, uh, the, the actual goals st- from individual mistakes? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. five. We have five, apparently. Oh, and five. Sorry. My, yeah. 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 Well, no worries. No worries. We have five, and we're, we're tied for first with uh, Nice in France. They have five as well. Um, and when you think about that, it's like, damn, if, if we. If you cut down those errors, there's there's points on the board that we're we're leaving here, and mm-hmm. the season's still young. Don't get me wrong; seasons aren't seasons aren't won in October. We know that because you know why. Last year, a really poor quality-wise Milan team in October last year. What were we second place? Were we second place last year in October? Well, we have Scudetto hopes, and then what happened? Right? I mean, it, it's just. You have to go on a nice run. You can't. You have to. You have to be consistent. You lose a game here or there, like especially if your if your goal is top four, and you, you also you got to think about it. Inter is not as good as what they're doing right now. They're not. Lazio, I'm. I don't really know. Lazio are playing great football, but they're they have to drop some points somewhere down the road. Um, again, Roma doesn't look that good. They just beat Crotone at home, and it took a. It was a BS penalty. They beat them by. So they beat him one nothing with a penalty. So does anybody, I mean, you, sound, you sound like Montella, basically. You sound like yeah, I'm like yeah, I sound like Montella. But like Montella, and listen, I've called for him to get fired because I got really mad um, after we lost three games in a row. Uh, but we lost three games in a row and tied the Genoa. However, Montella, when he says that we haven't actually played that bad, he's not entirely wrong. And people need to realize this, that if you really – and as fans, we're not really looking at how we're playing. We're looking at getting results, which makes sense. But when you have, like, you know – and guys like us, like, we'll analyze it a bit more, right? We look more into it because we you know, write about it, talk about it. Um, and you think you look at it and say, we should have scored here. We should have scored here. And then even against uh, AEK Athens, uh, Kutrone, when he had that – he put the ball in the net, but he was offside. Yeah, I don't think he was offside. Um, so, it's, you know, if we win that game one nothing, it's like, okay, we should have scored more, but hey, we got to win. Things are calmer. Like, where, Andy, are you, where are you going yeah. with this? In the, in I'm, going, I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going with it. I, what I'm saying, and this will lead to a conversation after, is that if individual errors, if individual errors, if we cut them down, and I know this has been the huge topic at Milan World, if we cut those errors down, we're not in a crisis mode. Like we were in before, like yeah, we, I think we still are in. To be honest, we have to win some more games. But Fede, what's your take? What what do you think about? It? I, I know you asked me what I'm going with. So what do you think about what I just said? I mean, I I agree with the fact that we've been fairly unlucky so far this season. We've played some hard games, so we've already faced uh, Lazio. We faced Inter in the derby, and the, you know the derby can always go both ways. We're fa- we're about to face Juve, and it's only what. 10, 10 matches in the season. So, I mean, we've had tough games uh, and this is, a, always bearing in mind that this is a team that was only constructed this year. So, I mean, I, I'm optimistic as you are for the future, hoping that there won't be so many individual mistakes. At the same time, uh, and I was talking to Anthony about this uh, shortly before the podcast, uh, it's a bit worrying when uh, top players, uh, let's talk about Bonucci, for example, but we could talk about Bilia in the derby as well, for another example. When they are the ones making the uh, individual mistakes, 
then uh, the situation is really hard for the coach because h- how can you expect when when a player who you would least expect to make a mistake makes that crucial mistake then it's not really easy to improve from there because you you can't really do anything when when it's down to this kind of factor so uh, i mean it's it's really i i i can only be optimistic but i'm i'm also a bit worried that some of these players haven't got what it takes mentally speaking i'm i'm not sure okay to be honest but like you know like Kessie's error against Kievo. I I think I think Cassie's gonna be a. That's awful. It was I was awful. Like don't get me wrong, it was it was terrible. However, you know I think Cassie's gonna be a top player if he plays like he can. Yeah. With Anthony, what do you, what do you, I know you guys are talking about it when my, I was fixing my mic. When you guys talk about Cassie, what do you think? Like just about individual errors in general, and what do you think about like a player like Cassie making an error? What that does for his confidence? Um, and like, and we all know he has a high ceiling. But what do you think? What does it what does it do to his confidence? You think? Well, I mean, you could say for any young player that's you know uh, making mistakes uh, when when you've just made a big transfer to a big team. Obviously, the the the, the microscope's going to be concentrated on you a little bit more. But uh, the thing that I like about Kessie is that he has all the the characteristics that you want in a modern midfielder. I mean, he has the the physical attributes. And I, I think he also has uh, the, the vision to spot a good pass. And um, I think we saw that on the counterattack, when that, which led to Chalinoglu's goal as well. So I, I, I think he has all the tools to be to be a, a world-class midfielder. And, you know, he is still, I think, 20, 21 years old. So he has time to, to, to work on, on other parts of his game. And I think that the biggest thing is his decision-making. Sometimes he doesn't really know what to do with the ball when he has it. Um, but I think that's the type of thing that will come with time and the right coaching will, will uh, get that out of his game and, and, and get him to, to play the, the right pass at the right time. Um, and, and I think it just comes down to confidence as well. I mean, I, I think if this team could get on a nice run, uh, a guy like Kessie will, will undoubtedly be one of the driving forces behind that run because uh, of everything that he can do i mean i think he can contribute in the into the defensive phase he can contribute in the attacking phase he's he's the ultimate box box midfielder and i think if you look at any team that that thrives or that that's doing well they all have that box to box presence um along with a, a cover for the defensive midfield i mean if you look at manchester city and manchester city to your point earlier uh, about creating chances and not finishing them. They they went through a similar spell last season under Guardiola where they were creating tons of chances. And, they, and even though that team had Sergio Aguero in it, I mean, they just couldn't capitalize on, on those chances. And, and ultimately, they, they fell out of the title race. Uh, I think that's definitely what's gone on here uh, with Milan. I think they have taken a lot of shots on goal. They've and Matella said that we think you know we've we're only behind Napoli in shot attempted. I think that's what he said last week. Um, and I get that, but I think my biggest issue with some of Milan's performances of late is that they're just not moving when someone has the ball. The off the ball movement isn't really yes, there. Yes, finally someone said it. Yes. Yeah, and that's that to me is the biggest issue because. If the players aren't moving, I mean, it's all static. It, there really is no point to possession. Uh, and you, know what the, you know why that is? It, the problem is that our offensive players, as good as they are, technically speaking, they are not players who move off the ball. Uh, I agree. Suzo, Chalanoglu, uh, I mean, including midfielders. I mean, obviously, Bilia is not expected to do that. Mm-hmm. Very static players. And that's where we are missing someone like Conti, who is out, because that's exactly what his strength is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, think, I think too, very good point. Very playing, good. playing a, a back three uh, means you have to play a wider right wing back. And I think that miss, like Conti's injury, I think, is you know, being underestimated because I think this formation, it would be a lot more successful if Conti was in the lineup because he played as a, a right wing back for Atalanta, and that's how he scored all those goals last season. So... Uh, you know, we, I've I've criticized the back three quite a bit this season, but um, losing a guy like that so early in the season, I think that's a big reason why it's taking so long to adjust to a back three when you don't have 
uh, you know, I think he, he would benefit the most from the, that tactical change. Yeah, no, I agree. And what you guys are saying about like off the ball movement, I completely agree. And honestly, and I, I, I didn't even think of saying, I, I don't know why I didn't think of it, but a great point. And I've actually like my, I've actually said myself during matches, like, why didn't that guy move? Yeah. What are you doing? It's that they're watching each other. You know what I mean? And it's frustrating as a fan because it's like, well, obviously we're all like, oh, if I was out there, I'd do, I'd do this better. But, but like, it's just, honestly, the only guy I see, like, true, and you might disagree, but a guy who moves off the ball a lot, I see Borini moving off the ball a lot. Yeah, he does. On the right side. And, and Borini is in the best shape on the team. Uh, you can tell because he runs for every single ball until the 90th minute. And Conti's injury is huge. And we'd be a better team with Conti. And that's not to disrespect Borini because Borini did a great job uh, coming as a right wing back. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys agree with that. But still, Conti's injury is huge. Uh, and it's unfortunate because he got injured in training. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with the, the part about Barini because, I mean, I don't think anyone expected him not to play as a striker. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, but I think, you know, Mirabelli obviously during his spell with Sunderland had a, had a close look at, at Barini, and I think he realized that this is a guy we can plug into the lineup virtually at any time, anywhere. If there's an injury on the left or right, uh, at the wing, uh, one of the wing positions, he's he's got the legs to pretty much he's got the 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 stamina the heart and the hustle to to fill almost any midfield or attacking position and i think that's why he's done um an admiral job an admiral job i i, I don't think he's been world class or anything no, but no. He's, been, he's been admirable as a right as a right wing back as a left wing back and um and you need that you need that soul you need that soul in, in the squad uh, when there are injuries yeah, not true. Okay, you know what? Let's let's switch gears. Um, we're gonna talk about Milan Juve now. Then we have our uh, our Juve guy Gregory Caltabanis coming in uh, in a little bit. Um, but let's just talk Milan Juve, and I'll start it off with the projected lineup, which I do not understand one bit. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it. So I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. yeah. So Montella tested this. And it's from Sky. So Montella tested this lineup today. Donnarumma, Zapata. Romagnoli, Rodriguez, Abate, Kessi, Bilia, Borini, Suzo, Chanoglu, Kalinic. Mm. Why is Zapata playing, number one? Good question. And I, was, I suspected this might happen when uh, Muzakia was played against Kievo. Uh, I obviously thought he would be doing some rotation uh, before the Juve game. And I thought if Muzakia is playing today, the man is 100% going to play Zapata against Juve. And I just don't understand, but you got you to gotta bear in mind that this man, Zapata, with every coach he's ever had, he starts off the season as a reject almost. And by the end of the season, it's as if he is just a, a fixed member of the starting 11. It's, in, it's so incredible. He, he, he must... <laughs> He must do something special in training. And I don't know, interpret that as you will. But what, I, what I'm trying to say is that Zapata has some clear qualities, especially his physical qualities. He's basey, mm -hmm. he's strong. When he's concentrated, he is a very good defender. I don't think anyone can argue against that. But that's exactly the problem. He lacks in the necessary concentration to play at these levels, and I really, really, really do not trust him to play in a, such an important game. I'm quite scared, to be honest, if that's true. Yeah, no. Anthony, what, what do you think? What are your, and I agree with that. When Zapata is focused, there's games where it's like, wow, like, Zapata looked very solid today. Like, there was no funny business happening when he was, uh, you know, when the ball was around him. And, and his, his strongest quality for me is when he makes mistakes, he can make up for it for his uh, his pace and his physical ability. He, he has that. Um, I, we've actually seen really uh, quick attackers. Zapata catches up to them, which is weird. He's 30 years old now. Anthony, what do you think about Zapata? And what do you think about him playing? in such an important game. And Montella said today in an interview, he said, we want to win this game. We need to win. Why is he playing? Why is he putting our best defender so far this season, Musacho? 
which I, there doesn't, there's no contest. He's been better than Bonucci and Romagnoli this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is he on the bench for a massive fixture? Why Kievo? I we we would have beat Zapata. Sorry, we would have beat Kievo four one with Zapata and from Musacho and one one day. I think. Yeah, it's it's. And I have I have no idea personally why. If if I hope that's not true because we it, you know we have seen some projected lineups that haven't exactly been right this season, but. Um, I, I don't really understand. We we're, we just spent like a, a good chunk of time talking about individual errors. And I don't think there's a player on the squad who's committed more individual errors for, for Milan over the past few seasons than, than Zapata. And he's, he's just very error prone. And, you know, sometimes as you guys said, I mean, if he's fully concentrated, he, he, his positioning is spot on and uh, you know, he can body guys and, and, and just marshal the back line. But, He's just—he's just always a risky selection, and it really doesn't make sense to put him in over your most consistent, you know, player in in defense in Masaccio. And they—they uh, he—he—he looked that the whole back line looked fine against Cavo, and I'd like to think that a professional athlete at this level can handle two games in. I know, you know. What is it? Three or four or five days. I mean, <laughs> and it's not even that deep into this into the season. If it was like maybe February, you know, and you know the guys are getting tired, you know, a few international breaks already, fine. But we're still very early into the season. I I can imagine that you know, I, I would expect him to be to be fit, and unless he's picked up a knock or something in training, but mm-hmm. uh, it it really doesn't make any sense. And mm-hmm. I would also. I'm not very encouraged by this this um, Kalinic selection either. I mean, we, we were talking about earlier, and uh, you know, he he can become very isolated. You know, he he can link up. He's a bit he's a bit more mobile than Carlos Baca was, and that was the biggest criticism against him that he was just a poacher and you know he needed service. Uh, Kalinic is a bit better in that regard. He can link up, but uh, I don't really know what the plan is for Andre Silva because. You know, the idea before was that, oh, maybe he's protecting Andre Silva, you know, you know, giving him minutes against the the, the, the little teams here and there. But, I mean, they threw him in, into the derby and, you know, he didn't play, he didn't play against Cable. So I, I just don't really know what the, what the plan is for, for Andre Silva, because if you want to play possession football and you want to have, a guy, you want to make sure that your striker isn't isolated. Andre Silva's the guy who's going to come back, link up, move into different positions. He'll give you that off the ball movement, and uh, they'll create more chances with him in the squad. Whereas with Kalinic, you feel like you're waiting for that one chance to arrive, and if he doesn't score, uh, it's 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 a complete waste of a of a selection in my in my view. Mm-hmm. I agree, and uh, you know what's funny, and I, I miss always say it, and we're not going to talk about it, but. It's kind of I kind of miss having a guy like Mario Balotelli in the lineup because he can play with the ball um, himself. And uh, I remember against Juve when he came back on loan for a season, how dominant ball he Balotelli didn't score in that game. But remember how remember that game against Juve when Pogba scored the winner and make it two one. Sure, they won. Yeah. Remember, remember, remember Balotelli hit the crossbar. Uh, he got robbed on the goal line. He put the ball in with his hand apparently, and or whatever. And then Buffon made like a Superman save on the free kick. Oh, that's um, right. I remember that. Yeah, and just one of those, and he's one of those players that gets heavy, heavily criticized. But he's a striker that, like, I to be honest, I've watched Balotelli for many years, and he doesn't lose the ball often. Like, he has the ball at his foot; it's hard to take it off of him. And that's a different strike. And Andre Silva kind of has those qualities too. Um, and I think Silva did play okay in the derby at the post. Um, and it, you can tell. You can also tell that Andre Silva was a midfielder as a as a yeah. teenager. You can tell because he does have some technical ability on the ball, um, and you know he he does you know his little step overs and stuff. And you know he's he's not nervous on the ball, uh, like you know Baca wasn't really great on the ball. Um, but with Kalinic, and here's what uh, you guys haven't said yet, and maybe we can think about: Do you think that because of his record scoring versus Juve, huh. maybe that's, that's why he's playing? Yeah. Because I mean, with, I mean, yeah, with Fiorentina, he scored both games against them. I mean, Montella is just a safe choice. He's a safe choice. He, uh, he's yeah. the most experienced striker he has. And clearly, when his job is on the line, he's not prepared to take a risk. I think that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. I can also understand where he's coming from in a way. 
he's just playing a striker who knows Juve better. He's he's going for something he might potentially be more sure of. At the same time, I think Silva, first of all, in the derby, I think he played very well. And I think uh, people were harsh on him purely because it's very easy to be harsh on a striker when they haven't scored, which is also unlucky considering that, as you said, he hit the post. And I mean, had he scored, we would be talking about a different player right now and the media would be talking about a different player. But I think he played well. As you both said, he links up with others. He can really make you step up the, the team play at the end of the day. And I also think he has improved quite seriously despite the lack of game time in terms of uh, how streetwise he has become. Because if you remember the friendlies in the summer, as soon as he would receive the ball, it would be very, like he would be really frequently anticipated by defenders. He would get pushed on the ground. And that's starting to happen less and less. So mm-hmm. I really think Montella should just bet on Silva because he clearly has the qualities to lead the, the attack and, if anything, be a big part of our sort of creative process up front. Yeah. I, I really think that, as Anthony said, with, with a player like Kalinic, you really risk having 10 players throughout the whole game uh, if he never gets a clear-cut chance because that's the, I mean, that's the only thing he's going to be waiting for for the whole game. So, yeah, I mean, Zapata and Kalinic are the two things I disagree with in the formation. See, I, like, here's my thing, and I'm actually a fan of Kalinic. Like, on Twitter, like, when we, when we signed him, I, I was ex- – I, I, I have watched him for Fiorentina, and I did see him score some nice goals last season. So I said, like, you know what? This adds to our depth. You know, this – I think this is like, I thought it was a good signing. Um, and for me, and I'm – personally, I'm a fan of, like, you know, those big number nines. Like, I'm a fan of, like, a Sheko, for example. Mm-hmm. Um. And Kalinic is, is one of those players that, like, he kind of puts his body on the line. You know what I mean? Like, he'll run. He'll he chest the ball down. He, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he'll go. He'll he'll attack every single header off a corner. Yeah, of course. Like, it's just one of those things that. And honestly, like, if Kalinic starts for me, that's not a thing that I'll tweet out saying, "Oh, Montella's an idiot for." But Zapata is what is is what I'd say. Is a, like Montella is wrong. That's fair enough. That's yeah, and, that is fair. Yeah, and you know it's a ninety-minute game match too. So you know what I mean. So like you know, Kalinic, if he's not convincing in the first forty-five, uh, Cutrone will come on. Cutrone will come on. Because yeah, have you seen on. Silva come on during a game this season? No. Uh, no he, either, so, he either plays from the beginning or he doesn't play. He came on for like five minutes in, against Kiev. What's it? Yeah, but that, that, that's just embarrassing. That's like Matri coming on against Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, that, hey, think about it. We had Alessandro Matri as a striker a couple of years ago, so things could be very yeah, worse. So good. Life, life is good, relatively speaking. It is, yeah. It, just, it could also be better. It could also okay, be better. so but let's just, we're not going to get too much into it, but. Question, and Anthony, you go first, Fede, you answer second. If, okay, I'm just going to put a scenario out there for you. We lose 2 nothing to Juve on Saturday. We don't play well. Is Montella's job on the line? Is his job, is, is he done? Anthony? Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he'll lose his job. Only because I think the, the performance against Kievo, the performance against Kievo, I think, may have, um, I don't know, may have shown that, He's still with the players, and the players still are still, uh, you know, executing his his style of football. So I'm not sure uh, Milan. I mean, I'm not I'm not convinced that Milan will will sock him in any case. Really, uh, I I think if if they lost against Cabo and didn't play well, I think and 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 if had they also lost to, to Juve, then I think his job would have been in real danger. But I think those ninety minutes at the Bentegodi, I think they. Uh, they bought him some time. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good point. Fede, what do you think? And, and like, I've always supported Montella. I know you have too. But, like, these last few weeks, I'm starting to doubt him. And I still like him as a coach. But, like, I just think every coach has a, has a shelf life, quote-unquote. I think, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. So, I, for, first of all, uh, independently, like, regardless of the coach we are talking about, uh, I think that to sack any coach, there have to be a few things. So 
there has to be a replacement and i really don't think there is a valid replacement for montella on the available on the market right now because i get gattuso is not a valid no, replacement no, no, no 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 because that's like brocky when he came in for me <laughs> brocky brocky oh, i would say even worse <laughs> there, there, isn't, there isn't really there isn't really a valid replacement uh i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hear all the hipster arguments for thomas Tucho <laughs> or someone like no, that no, no. <laughs> because this is not football manager and you have, yeah, no. you have to take into account some purely like human factors such sure. as language adaptation to a league so I'm not even going to spend a moment to to listen to that stuff. Yeah. Uh, another factor which is, I think, in Montella's favor is that he doesn't seem to have lost the players, psychologically speaking. And I, I always think that's the trigger when a manager is sacked. Um, when the board realize that the players don't respect him anymore and they're not following him anymore, that's when he has to go. But I think the team backs Montella. I think they all know that they've been unlucky in a way. And so I really don't think he's on the line as much as the media likes to think. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I'm quite confident that independent... I mean, unless it's an embarrassing 5-0, I think he will still have the job. Even if you think about it, at the beginning of the year, when you think about how the season is going to go, the game with Juve is one that you expect to lose more than to mm -hmm. win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, realistically, sure. realistically speaking. So, yeah. I mean, if he loses to Juve and, and the team shows some positives, it's still not good because we need to win right now. But I really don't think that would be so extreme as to result in his sacking, you know? No, you're right. I mean, I, I think those are the games... You know, if you win, great, it's a bonus. But the games you have to win are the ones against Genoa or the ones against Asuolo or the exactly. ones against Sampdoria. Those are the ones you can't drop points in those games. And, you know, that's what Lazio did so well last season is, you know, they may have lost in the big matches, but they collected points against uh, the teams below them in the table. And that, that's what Milan has to get back to doing. That's what they have to they have to ensure, okay, you're not going to win against Juve or Roma all the time. But... Uh, if that doesn't happen, then you got to pick up the points against the the so-called minnows and the, and the teams below you in the table. Hundred percent. I always tell even my friends who are fans of teams in England and teams of Spain. I always tell them, listen, you don't have to worry about the big matches. It's you have to pick up the points against the the provincial side. You know, like 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 a Genoa at home at zero zero. You know, red card or not. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that. Uh, like, and we did dominate. We did dominate the uh, like the a large portion of that game. We just didn't score. We mm -hmm. just couldn't. We couldn't find that. That the, in the final third, we just couldn't find that that end product. And let me tell you, I do think we should have had a penalty when Kalinic got dragged down with his hands all over him. Um, but I'm not going to get into officiating in City A because I, I think it's a joke. But um, <laughs> you know what? Okay, so. Uh, we have our Juve guy in here now. Anthony, how are you for time? Uh, I do have to get going, unfortunately. Okay. Okay. Well, it was an absolute honor having you guys having you on. Follow him on Twitter, guys, at Sports Caddy. Uh, he's definitely popular in the Milan Twitter world. So it was an honor, and I hope we, we can have you on again sometime. Absolutely. A pleasure to chat with you guys. Bye-bye. Nice right, so. See you later. Greg, how's it going, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? So that's Chris Gregory, Gregory Caltabanes. He's a Juve fan, Juve Merda, um, hey. <laughs> and he's here to you know talk about Juve a little bit in the Milan Juve match tomorrow. Uh, Greg, are you working tomorrow? Or can you watch the match? I am not working tomorrow, so I'm gonna watch the game. But it feels kind of strange coming on the enemy's podcast, trying <laughs> my colors. Okay, so what do you think? Um, what is Juve's probable lineup looking like, and and what do you and what do you think how how the game will shape out? I'm a bit disappointed now that I was checking out the starting lineups, reading the latest team news. So it looks like uh, Barzali will start in defense with Kelini and not Rugani, which is a real shame because the last couple of games and he's been doing really well. So I would have loved to see him start. Uh, other than that, no real surprises. You got Buffon and Nets, obviously. Alexandro and Licksteiner on the wings. Uh, well, fullbacks. Then in the midfield, even though Marquiso made his return this past uh, week in midweek against Spal. It looks like Kadir and Pjanic are going to get the start. And the front four, again, 
Lewandowski start after the good performance he had in midweek. And it's looking like Cuadrado, Dybala, Mandzukic, and Higuain are all going to start. That sounds like an Allegri masterclass, not giving chances to players to like the 20th, 5th week. Yeah. Um, so, wait, who was that? Uh, was it Matuidi beside Pjanic? Uh, it's Kadira. Kadira. Oh, Kadira's kind Another of questionable player. decision in my books. You could have even started Betancourt. It's because he got a hat Phenomenal. Because he's got a hat trick, right? Yeah. But like, like, look, I'm not to discredit anything about the hat trick. Sure, you still scored a hat trick, still played a good game. But that shouldn't really hide his full. He's not what he used to be last year. He looks a bit, honestly a bit finished in the midfield. Uh, <laughs> I'd really have loved to see Betancourt get a shot. Yeah, okay. So, what do you... And with Milan's probable lineup, I'll tell you it right now. Um, mm-hmm. Donnarumma, uh, and right now, that what he tested in... What Montella t- tested in training is uh, Zapata, Romagnoli, Ricardo Rodriguez, and, oh. then, it's, and then it's Abati, uh, Bilia, Cassi, Borini, uh, with... Chanaglu, Suzo, and Nicola Kalinic up top. And at 3 4 2 1. Okay. Uh, one thing that sticks out to me is Zapata. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Musacchio's not fit, I would assume. Or... No, he, he, he's fit. He's that's, 100% fit. That's mind boggling. I know. Guys. That, that I know. is frankly mind boggling. Juve will look to exploit that. I know. Rodriguez in a back three is interesting to me because it could go either really well, like we've seen him play a bit here and there, as that. Or it could go, not go to script, but honestly, given his qualities, I think, to me, that's a very interesting selection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kalinic up top. I, you know, these last few weeks, I've been seeing him play. He scored a goal, obviously. In Looks good, but I would like to see him and Andre Silva play together or have Andre Silva play off of him, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we were talking about, too. I, I we, Me and Fede both, or Fede and I, uh, both want Andre Silva to start, and so did Anthony, too, when he was on. But I think Kalinic is there because of his record versus Juve and his Serie mm-hmm. experience. Um, Fede, what do you think about Juve's lineup? And what do you think, how we can match up against that? Uh, I need to uh, hear it again from Greg. And then I'll, because <laughs> I, I, I can't remember everything. So we got Buffon and Nets, Licksteiner, Barzali, Chiellini, Alexandro, uh, Pjanic and Kedira in the double pivot. And then Mandzukic on the left wing, Dybala as the trequartista, uh, Cuadrado on the right, and Higuain spearheading it all. I mean, obviously, obviously qualitatively speaking, they, they're on a different level from us, I think, still. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, that's out of question. But I also think that in games like these, it doesn't really matter because we, we've seen madnesses happen all the time. I mean, if we think about Milan Juve last year, at San Siro. Locatelli. Yes, it was that, <laughs> that magical moment from Manuel Locatelli. I'm joining you guys out for a bit. <laughs> I mean, that that was a game that quality. I mean, on paper was supposed to go Juve's way. I mean, without question. So I, I mean, I don't think we have to take that into account too much in these situations. Uh, and I mean, if I had to point to a weak spot. Um, in Juve's team, uh, there isn't really a blatant one, but out of all the 11, it's probably Lick Steiner, to be mm-hmm. honest. I think that uh, Suzo and Chalanoglu, if, if they decide to go on that wing, they might give him problems if they both decide to step up their game. Um, I mean, it's always hard with big games like this. As I said, it can go either way, to be honest. I've also heard a lot of Juve team say that Alexandro hasn't played like himself every single game this year. Is that he, true? He has he has not been Alexandro of the past. Usually he marauds the left flank, plays really well in tandem with Mandzukic. But the games that Mandzukic has him in there to give him that defensive support or has the defense and help him out on the wing, Alexandro has looked a shade of his former self. Obviously, mm-hmm. I expect him to get out of it because we're talking of one of the premier left backs in the world here. And sure. On his day, he's right up there with Marcelo. I have him just slightly under him. And going into this Milan game, we're looking at your right side. Suso is in tremendous form. One of the better player performers in the league right now. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to see how they line up against each other. Uh, personally, when Mandzukic is there, he hasn't really struggled, as many are saying. So tomorrow, I think he should be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But what I will add is that Montella has had Juve's number ever since he's been a coach, basically, with Fiorentina or Milan. I'm not the biggest Montella admirer. I decisions this season and in seasons past 
but he has proven that he could beat Juve despite, uh, I guess, as Fede pointed out, the lack of quality or the difference in quality between the two sides and kind of goes out the window. Yeah. And so it is a, not exactly Juve win fully, like, at and, all. It is at San Siro, too, so it does make it a little tougher. Also, um, just for, you know, just for good City A exposure, uh, the stat of how many people are going to be there, it's going to be a sold-out San Siro, which is huge, at 80,000. Um, I'm sure a lot of Juve traveling supporters will be there. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, there's going to be, I think I saw, I read today, uh, like 730 million people watching across the world. Um, it's a big match. It's a big match. All these, it's how it is. I, I, I love it. I love these big matches because that's what we live for. And I just really hope a penalty doesn't decide, doesn't decide the, the match. Oh. Uh, Oh, I've been God. so frustrated with the VAR. I, I, oh, I just, I can't, I can't. After that Milan Inter game, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I, I'll, I'll literally, someone will break in my house. Maybe my TV might break next. I'm not sure, but I, I can't do. It. I hope it's a beautiful game. I hope it. Um, I don't really have a prediction because again, it all depends on how Milan play. Because I already know you guys are gonna probably play. So mm-hmm. if, Milan, if Milan play like like we, for example, I think it could be a really entertaining like a two-one game like a 2-1 match but mm-hmm. then again it all depends and I think that with Zapata starting uh him his matchup against Manzukic actually might not be that bad because he's on the right he's on the mm. right side and Manzukic on the left so I mean I'd rather have actually you know what Manzukic has been a complete beast if anything you would want like Quadrado to go up I against know. Zapata because Quadrado's inconsistent he's honestly predictable once you get to know his moves and this season has been great uh, to give favors to his Colombian friends this season, so maybe yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the best. Yeah, I know. Mandzukic is gonna eat uh, Zapata for breakfast, dinner, yeah, so <laughs> lunch, and dinner. The only thing is, though, Zapata is a physical beast. That's the only thing he's got. I, I swear, man, Manz- for those who haven't followed Juve this season, you could argue that Mandzukic has been our best player after. After all, yeah. Obviously, you got Pjanic and Dybala there. Mm-hmm. Without them, the attack is non-existent. And Higuain Mandzukic yeah. has been right up there. Yeah, Higuain has been really underwhelming, correct? The thing with Higuain is that I think we're seeing a shift in this playing style from complete poacher to, I guess, more of a link-up provider at all. I don't even think it's going to the qualities that he has fit the role. But it's looking like Allegri is asking for something different from him. He already has uh, three assists this season, which, which is kind of impressive. You know, he's got four goals, three assists, so it's not an, exactly a, a dry spell or a slump of sorts but definitely not uh, used to his uh, lofty style mm-hmm. so those so just a few, a few more questions that all you, you you your work breaks done so i'll have to leave you so if if you had to pick a player on me that scares you the most when he's on the ball tomorrow who is it percent suso so like kind of reminds me kind of, of like arian robin like you know what he's gonna do you know nine out of ten times he's gonna go onto that left foot but his movement and his ability it's, it's become automatic so yeah. even if it's predictable, you know you can't stop it exactly. And Juve struggle against players of his nature, direct players, players who want to beat their men, players who are quite frankly uh, good dribblers. We yeah. always struggle against them. So okay. for me, Suso is going to cause us the most damage. Okay. And if and who who do you think is your who do you think your weakest point is? Who do you think your your weakest point is? And who can who are, who are your you're like, when you see a one-on-one with them, you're like, oh, crap. Honestly, it's, it's very easy to save this season because Licksteiner has been awful. His positioning okay. isn't what it used to be. His crossing is over. And his man marking, which was used to be a strong suit and a strong tackling, has kind of gone out the window. But another matchup that doesn't scare me, per se, because, as I mentioned, Sami Kadir is still a reliable guy. Possibility that our midfield gets overrun by Kessie and Bilia. I know Kessie's had his struggles of his own as of late. But uh, Kadira to me is a guy that when it's not his day, you can really tell and you can really take advantage of it. I see. Okay, last question. I'll let you go. Prediction for tomorrow? Uh, 2-1 Milan win. Really? Yes. Wow. I'm, I, you know, I'm going to record that. Can you say that again? No. no. Just, I'm yeah. 2-1 Milan win. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's jinxing it. He's, he's jinxing. He's jinxing. <laughs> The anti no, like I, I hate to do it, but Montella just has our freaking number. It's just one of those things in calcio. I don't 
No, no, no. This is a this is a cheeky Tell thing. I've heard, <laughs> a lot, I've heard a lot of these in my life, and I I can recognize one. <laughs> I'm a master okay. of deception, guys. Who knows okay. what I really okay. okay, Greg. Thanks for coming on. Eh? I really really appreciate it. Thanks for giving your Juve insight. Uh, and tomorrow, don't look at Twitter. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure's all mine, boys. All right. See you later. Ciao, man. See you, Ciao, Greg. Yeah. Okay, Feather, we're going to wrap things up in the next two minutes here. Sure. Feather, your prediction for tomorrow. Real prediction? No, no, no comment. No comment. No comment on prediction? But you never predict on, on your no, own. Yeah, no, I, you're right. I don't. Every time I do, you know, like a fun bet, whatever, I'll never do it on me. I'll do it on the other city. Never, teams. I, I, you know, it's, it's, that's just taboo in Italy. You don't it you do bet on your own team. And do you. Do you think that we're going to come out with a winning mentality tomorrow? That's, another, that's the last question I have. Well, I, I would be extremely disappointed if they didn't. I mean, in your home stadium, the, yeah. fans, the fans are going to be behind the team because mm-hmm. they, they realize how crucial of a moment it is. I mean, there's, there's going to be every factor for a, a wow performance. So I, I, really, I really think they are going to go out there trying to their best i mean I, I expect no less so hopefully hopefully we go with an attacking mind um i'm gonna be i'm gonna be at milan club toronto for all you guys listening to this podcast milan club toronto it's a new upstart it's there we had a few events really good turnout so i'll be there on saturday tomorrow it's gonna be a massive match i can't wait to watch it with like 50 milanisti eating some nice chicken wings or something or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a nice plate of pasta i don't know but it's gonna be huge uh, I'm I'm so excited, and this has been another great episode, Feda. Thanks a lot for coming on. My pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I, I don't know, Feda. I don't know if you saw but our podcast on iTunes, Google Play now, and everything. So this podcast is really taking flight. So I definitely hope we, we can have you on uh, another episode if you're interested. Whenever, man. Whenever. Awesome. All right, guys. This is Luca Laporta and Feda. Thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Google Play. Tweet us for any suggestions. Tweet us questions or. Uh, Anything else? Forza Milan tomorrow? Ciao, guys. Ciao, Fede. Ciao, ciao, ciao.